Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. This is Chad. I'm joined once again by Dan and Adrian, and this week we sit down again with our very own Mark Edwards. Mark is so brilliant in the areas of finance and governance. And today we talk about knowing whether or not it's the right time to take outside investment. This is one of the most popular questions that we get from founders, business owners, and entrepreneurs. Mark has some brilliant insight and some powerful questions that you need to ask yourself if you're in this position wondering whether or not you should take outside investment and from who and how much and what to use it for. So I can't wait to jump in with you. Let's go. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Great, thanks, Chad. Good to talk to you today. It's so good to have you again. Dan, Adrian, it's great to be with both, with both of you again. Yeah. Good to be here. Good to be here. Uh, I'm so excited to have Mark back on. Uh, we had, if, if you listen to this regularly, you heard his episode uh, where we talked about bootstrapping your business and we got to run through some of the ideas that he had there. This week, I'm excited. This is probably one of the most popular topics that I get in conversation with founders about. Everybody wants to know about raising money. Everybody wants to know about investment and, and getting funding for their business. And uh, it's also, I think, one of the most maybe mysterious conversations for founders. I mean, there's just so much mystery around it. There's so much curiosity and very little great information about what that experience is actually like. So we wanted, in true nature of the Naked Leadership Podcast, we wanted to uh, just strip it down here and, and nobody better to do that with than Mark Edwards. So Mark, we're so grateful for your time, your generosity in this conversation. Um, so hey, here's where I wanted to glad to have you here, Mark. Can I just add chat? It's, it's yeah. a, I'm in conversation with founders. It's the, the, the idea, um, of raising capital, uh, hits both ends of the poles, right? There's like huge, there's like a huge relief, there's that aspect of it in their own mind. <laughs> yeah. Like if I had an extra fill in the blank, I could then, breathe. Then I could. And then there's natural trepidation of losing, you know, losing power, you know, bringing in other people, you know, it's like, you know, trusting the babysitter with your child, that kind of feeling. Um, so I think the, the polls end up, you know, it'd be great to kind of explore the landscape for folks, how they relate to this idea as well as we jump into it. I'm sure that's where, you know, uh, the conversation will, will be. Um, but, you know, if you're a founder and listen to this, you know, just pay attention to how you relate to these ideas and just so you can find yourself in the conversation. Yeah. Thanks for that, Adrian. I think that's, that goes right in where I wanted to start with all of you was, um, typically the conversations that I'm in, in this, in this context, start where, start with how do I raise funds? How do I find the right investors or the right VCs? Or how do I, you know, all of that kind of stuff, like how do I make the right connections? How do I make sure they're the right partner? What are the terms, blah, 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 blah. And before I think, I'm assuming Mark, before you're willing to have a conversation with a founder about how you actually do it, I'm guessing there's, a few conversations that you like to have or want to have before that conversation. Yeah, that's right, Chad. So last time we spoke, we talked about uh, the reasons uh, to bootstrap, the benefits of bootstrapping a business. 
Um, so there's there's a couple of parts, I think, to the conversation here. The first part for me is, how do you know now is the time to seek outside investment? So what, what are the signs that would indicate this is the time that you should begin that conversation? And then the next part I'd like to talk to would be, okay, so this is the time. What are the things you need to think about before approaching people? So if we, if we come back to, okay, what are the, what are the signs? So typically what happens is you bootstrap, but now you're at a point where it's really hard to fund growth with work with um, working capital coming for, that's being generated inside the business. So you're really now looking at some source of external um, working capital. <clears throat> the chances are that um, you may have already some bank debt, that servicing that bank debt, the type of covenants that the bank puts on the business or personal guarantees they want, those are becoming um, onerous. So you're looking really at some other um, things you want to do. Maybe that part of the expansion is there's certain talent you want to hire that um, that you're going to have to pay market rates for, so you need to increase your budget to bring in talent. Um, so these, these are some of the reasons why um, you may see now is the time. It could be market pressures. You may have a couple of competitors who've both raised money, and you realize that to uh, develop at the same pace as the competition, you're going to need to raise some more capital to bring in additional resources. Um, could be that you people are leaving because you can't afford to pay them properly. Um, you, you've just been um, really underfunded and, and uh, running on a shoestring. So there's a number of reasons why now may be the time. Um, so that's the first thing is really say, are the signs there? Is this is something that's emotional or are the signs really there that, that now is the time? Does that make sense, Chad? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. And I think so many of those things that you named uh, harken back to where Adrian started, which is this idea that it could be a relief and um, it could look like a relief. Um, and Adrian, I'm, I'm wondering, could you, would you be willing, I mean, both Dan and Adrian, both of you have helped so many people in the process of considering raising funds or actually, actually raising funds. And I'm, I'm curious what insight either of you can give to what happens or, or what can happen in the mind of the founder as they approach this, especially if it looks like a huge relief to them. Yeah, I mean, Mark talked about the pressures of competing, and it can be a relief in the sense that you feel like you can get back in the game, or you're going to be able to compete and not exhaust yourself and your team. Um, the the other one is, is technology too. You, you know, the competition could be taking on technology and giving them an advantage in the marketplace, and you may want tools or technology that can really support distinguishing or differentiating your your you know your service or product or whatever you're you're, you're doing it can be manufacturing all kinds of different um, ways to get into the marketplace marketing when you want to do the marketing but so there's a relief in that respect but as Adrian pointed out there's also the tension that you know what are you going to give up for that money and you know it, it, you may not be giving up control but you may be giving up a, a board seat or you might be giving up an observer seat which means you're going to have another voice in the mix and, you know, are they aligned with what you're aligned with? And 
Um, and it, maybe there's some, you know, you've got, if you're, if you're, if it's a loan, you know, how, how much are you putting the business at stake or if it's an investment and, um, you know, how much of the power are you giving up? How much of the decision-making power are you giving up? Um, and, and what does it mean in your ability to move the company down the, the you know, the path to where you want to go? I think the big thing is the nuance here is being able to really get the investors on board and aligned with the strategic move, the strategic movement of the company and, and to also resource them because many of them, the, the idea is to get investors who can bring not only money to the table, but experience and competency that can that align with where you want to go. So there's a, there's a number of things to be considered in that. And, I, and I'll just add, um, you know, most people wait too long to have the conversation. Uh, I think it just, it's an, every hard charger I know is just trying to kick ass in the day. And this is a, this is a very strategic, big picture, if done well, it's a big strategic, big picture, future conversation. Yeah. Most people wait too long because of the, of the story they're living in about how overwhelmed they are. And I'll get to that at some point. And wouldn't that be nice? And da, 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 da. And so they get to a place of desperation. Um, they wait too long. And then, and then they realize that they don't know how to do this. And it's really vulnerable. Um, and then I've seen so many people make some, make some mistakes because they, they don't, they, they don't, they haven't given themselves the time and the room, I would say, to properly vet options um, and think through, think it through with enough time to kind of watch, you know, watch people in motion, you know, cause investors are there to get a return. Investors are there for their own interests as well. Um, and, you know, and then they enter in the conversation very defensively and they're about to let somebody come in and see how the sausage is made. That's also very vulnerable. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, shit, I got to let somebody in to hear about what's not working. And I've got this public presence and then there's a private experience. And I got to, like, let them into this private experience. And, and how do I do that? And that's risky. And so let me put this off a little bit longer. And the desperation grows and the pressure increases. So, you know, I guess part of my point is, like, if those are listening and, and you and and you think you might want to take on investment, now is the time to start exploring what the options are or what the possibilities are so that you're ready and you vetted and you know, some potential partners when the time is right. But I, yeah, one... I, I would say, well, I, I was going to say, Adrian, I think that some of the things to think about uh, that I, I really pay attention to here are the behavioral changes that will need to occur because what I've seen people get tripped up is they, rush into some sort of um, potential funding uh, yeah. relationship yeah. and they go in too quickly um, because they think, oh, there's an allure to get the money uh, and it becomes very competitive. It's a very competitive thing. And founders are very competitive and, and, and results driven. And this becomes another win, something, to, it, it becomes a conquest, right? So yeah. I, need, I need to get it, <laughs> I need to check it. Uh, but, but really what happens is, what they don't realize, they're signing up for a different way of being, a different way of behaving. And that's the thing that um, 
I'd like to really focus on here, which is when you to think through before you engage with any kind of outside funding is to think through what are the changes. So, for example, um, someone is going to hold you accountable. And right now, as a founder, you may only be accountable to your significant other, or not even that. You may just be accountable to yourself. So you, consciously knowing that I'm going to make myself accountable to people um, for specific results and, and achieving specific milestones is, is critical. Um, you, you're going to have to answer to people. You're going to have to defend your ideas. It's no longer, well, just because I said so. Um, well, just because I feel or I intuit this, you're going to have to defend, back up, propose. Um, th there's more structure. This process comes in. Um, you're going to have to get detailed about things like, you know, contracts. Um, you're going to have to build a team. Um, at the end of the day, investors never invest in one person. They will invest in a team. You know, they'll invest in a founder but only if there's at least a second significant person in, in, on the team or, or an entire team. So you may think, oh, it's me. It is you as a founder, and you have to have a team around you. Yeah. Because no, no serious investor invests in a single person, but they will invest in a, in a founder who can, lead, who can lead and build a team because they, they need to see that. So there's a serious... I think conversation needs to be had about how things will be different if we take outside funding. Um, and that's no longer who it's going to, and there's a whole different, you know, next set about, well, what type of funding, what type of investors, there's a whole thing we can go to there. But I think it's here, it's more the behavioral, uh, just coming to grips with the fact that there will need to be a change in how you behave once you take outside money. If that makes sense. What are Mark? It, it makes a ton of sense. What are some of the questions that you use? The some of the powerful questions that you use to start uncovering what's going to be needed in the behavioral changes. This is something you're so brilliant at is like asking the questions that get to the core of um, what's going to make this a good or, or what's going to determine whether this is the right fit or not of raising and who, who you raise with and that kind of stuff. If, if somebody's experiencing that list that you put out at the, at the beginning of this conversation, somebody's experiencing a few of those and they believe it's time and they've, they come to you like, Hey Mark, I think it's time for me to raise some money. I don't know how to do that. You do. Um, what questions would you start asking them to uncover some of the behavioral changes or mindset changes that they'll need to make in order to, to be successful. So I think, I think it's important to understand how decisions are made. Um, how, uh, and we we're talking about strategic decisions, not, not just, you know, the, the more tactical things, but how do they go about making strategic decisions? Who do they rely on? Is it all on themselves? What data do they use? Um, what systems and processes do they have in place? What does a team look like? Uh, how do they recruit? Um, who who do they go to when when there's a real real challenge, uh, a real problem? So understanding how they access resource, counsel, um, get get feedback, 
take feedback. Um, th these are all, I think, very, very critical things to pick up in a, in a conversation. And that can help inform how ready someone is uh, in order to really embrace the fundraising and not just the fundraising effort, but once you actually land funds, how do you deal with um, with the investors? Um, because they're a different they're a different constituent to your customers, to your employees, to your um, um, consultants in the market, whatever. Your investors are another set of constituents. And you know, one thing I tell CEOs, you're going to end up spending a third of your time with your investors. Now that's over over time. When you're fundraising, it's 75% of your time. When you're in steady state, it may be 25%. But over the arc of your time as a CEO, you'll spend a third of your time with investors. You'll spend a third of your time uh, with your team and a third of your time with clients in the market. Uh, that, that's, now, it varies from day to day, month to month. But that's what I've observed in um, publicly traded companies, uh, mid-cap and early stage, always that. And that's something that most founders are not ready for. Uh, most CEOs think, oh, well, I'm going to just um, spend some time on the deck, spend some time pitching, and then I'm done. No. Once you go down this path, you will spend a third of your time with investors. Um, it doesn't matter what stage of company you're at. So, again, you've got to be comfortable in dealing with this new constituent that you're going to open yourself, this new constituency you're going to open yourself to because you're going to end up spending 30 of your life there. So just, just be aware of that. I mean, I'm hearing the thoughts of the listeners right now that are founders or CEOs saying, Mark, you're crazy. Don't you know how busy I am? This is impossible. <laughs> and, and, and then ordering that, I mean, to Mark's point, one of the things I like to do, and it's an ongoing basis, is like what, you really got to maintain a SWOT analysis of your own business, like because that's going to help you un, help the, the investors understand what you're going to be doing with the money and why, and how they can contribute. And and yeah, to Adrian's point, well, how do I do that? Well, you know, this is the this is the, when you get to this place. It's like how do I get up and work on this business, not just in it? And so that opens up a whole new uh, understanding of leadership and and you know building a team underneath you, which is what the investors are going to look at. They're going to look at how well heck, are you able to build a team and manage them, and how much time white space time you have to think about your business and work on it. And that you're, you're absolutely right, Dan. You're absolutely right. This is this is all about that elevation to spending the appropriate amount of time on the business, on the strategic issues. At the end of the day, um, that investor constituency cares about one thing, one thing only, and that is increasing the value of your enterprise. And once you take outside investment, the focus really moves to, we have now um, a group of people whose sole interest is the value of this enterprise. Um, and that's something that has to has to become um, one of the key things that um, you care about as as a founder CEO. Once you get outside investors, um, you're going to be looking at 
really, most decisions uh, are, are then looked at through the lens of um, enterprise value. And what is it we can do? What should we be doing to uh, to build and uh, and maintain enterprise value? And then it really comes up against: Is this a lifestyle for me, or am I building a business? You know? Absolutely. Are there, um, Adrian and Dan? Are there are there ways that if you're working with a client who is taking on money or looking at taking on money? Are there ways that you check in with them on their behaviors and, and what's going to be required of them um, in addition to some of the things that Mark talked about? Well, what I just spoke to, which was Mark and I have been involved in a couple of situations, but investors want to know you want to build the value of the business. And if you're taking money on because you want to improve the business enough to keep your lifestyle, like the, it becomes a lifestyle to run the business, but you're not really looking for an exit or you're not looking to, you know, increase the enterprise value to the point where there's some kind of equity event for the investors, that's a problem. And that's, that's one of the things I listen for, because if it it is a huge behavioral change to make, to scale a business and to make it into an enterprise that's valuable from something that you just do day to day, that's exciting you, you like the way you live when you work the business in the business. And so you only spend enough time on the business to ensure that you can maintain that lifestyle. And Mark and I have had a situation where, you know, we worked, a, we helped raise money for a business, turn it around. And the owners wanted kind of the way they were positioning themselves with the board was they were setting up a lifestyle business. And, and that was, that was quite a, an, you know, it, it was, an, it was a pretty intense conversation over a period of time, getting that clear and, and making really protecting the because the, the investors in the in the deal, because they they don't want to be locked into a, a, an investment for you know 20 years because of a lifestyle. So that, that's one well, of the key and, things. And that, yeah, and I, I think the, the in is part of the getting prepared, which is having um, it's basically having a strategic plan for you know yeah. having the goals laid out for what you know it, before you take in the money what are you going to do with that what are you going to spend it on how are you going to build value strategically with that um, and while you don't have to explicitly have an exit strategy um, because frankly if you build a great business there's going to be plenty of people who want to you know buy buy some or all of that business. It's all about building a great business. Um, but but being able to, to show that you're open to approaching the business strategically is, is critical because if it is something that's um, more, uh, more, you know, woven into the lifestyle, that that's, that's not going to attract very many, if any. Yeah. And in, in the tendency is to want to, portray that you know this I, I like mark said you don't have to have an exit strategy but you got to have a sense of how you might want to exit or how you know if you're going to how you're going to exit the investors at some point and and if and mark's right if you build a great enterprise you're going to have plenty of opportunities to do that but it'd be good to know what you want right what you want out of it how you want it to look and i, and I would just say you know this 
this endeavor to bring on, bring in outside very smart people into the company will also feel like a crisis. Yeah. For the, you know, the current culture. And so from a, to answer your question, Chad, a lot of this adventure, because it might feel like that, a lot of this, you know, potential will reveal what's not met, what's not working on the team. And I'm thinking specifically, a lot of times we hear and talk a lot of, between founders and like CFOs, for example. So the CFO that was there to satisfy the startup might not be the right CFO to run this type of business. And this endeavor might reveal those challenges. And so, you know, there's a leadership, there's an executive leadership uh, need in order to really look at what's here from that perspective. Like if we go take on this money and operate in these new ways, are the people that got us here, can they take us to the next level? Or is this a time of transition for that? Which some people will, you know, balk at having the full conversations about investment because they don't want to deal with that. And naturally, you know, but it's like, it's part of the preparation process is like, am I willing to have be, boldly have all those conversations with my team? And are we that, it, you know, there's, so there's those issues and um, fresh pressures around the vision of the business, which kind of goes to the lifestyle um, question, you know, but where are we headed really? And those, those uh, the pressure of this conversation uh, will reveal those conversations as well, just will illuminate the, the, the possible distinctions around alignment. So as a leader, you're willing to really step in and get people aligned, get the interests on the table, you know, reset yourself in a fresh way. Hey, and Adrian, what I really like about that conversation, you, you, just, you just prompted me to think, the most difficult conversation to be had is the founder as CEO role too, because there are going to be, uh, what, what, you, what you do as a founder when you take outside money is you then say, I now have a job that I can be fired from because up until then, up until I've taken money, I, I'm not going to fire myself. Right. However, w once I take money, I'm, I have set in, set in motion um, that there will be ultimately a board of directors. As a CEO, I will report to the board of directors and the board of directors will have the power to appoint um, to, um, to, to review the performance of and potentially terminate the CEO. So I'm now in a formal position that I am appointed to and I'll be, uh, my performance will be reviewed and I can be removed from. Um, whereas up until taking investment, th this is not, a job that I can be removed from as a founder, right? I created it, it's mine, no one can take me out of it. I could take myself out of it by shutting the, shutting the company down. But now we're in a position where as a founder, I, I'm consciously putting myself into a place where I can, be, I can remove myself or I can be removed um, involuntarily from this role. And that's a, that's a conversation that particularly um, uh, any type of professional investor, venture capitalist, they will have with the founder ahead of time. So be, be prepared to have that conversation of, am I the right person for the job? 
Um, and it's better to have that conversation before with yourself before someone brings it up and you look at them like deer in the headlights, like, uh, never even thought about that. Better think about that and think that through because that's something that will be uh, on the mind of a professional investor if you're going to go down that route. Not so much with angel investors, um, but definitely with professional investors. They're always thinking to, um, so what happens when do we bring in? Now, not always you're going to bring in a replacement CEO. Um, there are many founders who've taken their businesses all the way through and continue to run them. And there are founders who uh, I've come across some who, um, particularly more technical ones or more creative ones, say, you know what, I'm good to do this, but then I want to bring someone in to run the business. And there, but m- most people sit in the middle where they don't address it. Um, and I think it's a really important conversation to have, not just with the entire team, but, but with the founder themselves have that conversation. That's a, I can imagine that's a pretty, can be a pretty intense and powerful conversation to have with a founder. Adrian, were you going to add something to that? Yeah, it was. I mean, there's obviously a bunch of fear in that for people, potentially a bunch of fear in that for people and insecurities and all that. Also a huge possibility in that. Yeah. I mean, so many people that are out of the company, love the company, um, and sense a fear of failure if they trust someone else to run it. Like that they ought to be the one that takes it all the way down the field. And part of the possibility here is, is to be open to the fact that, oh, this thing I started is not the thing I actually want to run and give yourself some permission to, to, have, I was just in a conversation this week with, with this guy, a guy in this situation. He is one of the founders of a company, has um, been essential in the, the launching of it and the success of it. And his, his deepest conversation is, um, I, I want to exit 80% of my presence. You know, I want to be involved as a founder, be a spearhead, be a, um, he has a huge heart to keep this kind of founding group together and working together as a part of the brand, but he wants to go off and do other things. Um, and it's okay to do that. It's like great to do that. And if you resist that uh, or try to play both and your heart's not really in it, you're going to end up sabotaging the thing. So there's possibility here um, to be entertained as well. Cause so it is, it's, there's tension and, and potential loss. But there's always, there's also huge, you know, an opening for um, an entrepreneur that wants to, that is tired. They might say they're tired of the business. They're just tired of running the business. Yeah. I was thinking about the great analogy is if you look at a pro football or baseball team, you know, you, the, you, you might you get a, a coach might start out or a player might start as a player and move to a coach might even move up to a general manager and, and maybe an owner later on, but it's basically elevating yourself up to that ownership level where you're, you're strategically directing and influencing the business rather than running it directly, you know, and, and you're organizing and supporting the, the building of leadership in the organization and creating, a, if you will, a, an infinite game for people to play a class organization. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 one of the one of the when you talked about possibility there, Adrian, um, 
typically when professional investors come in, they want to establish a board of directors. And that that presents uh, a new playing field for the founder, yeah. uh, both both in a role, but also in in um, le- uh, learning a new set of skills because governance skills are very different than operational skills, um, and it presents an opportunity to, to basically build another team, which is the governance team, and the founder to play on both. They can play on the operational team and the governance team. Or they may decide, yeah, you know, this is an avenue for me to start to move more to working on the business and be less in an operating role. Um, And perhaps there are other interests they want to develop. They can still stay very engaged through the governance role with the business, more strategically uh, um, uh, involved, but then move move to do some other things with their time. So it, it does present that platform to uh, grow and develop um, and, and build additional skills. So Mark, I'm, I'm mindful of our time. You've been so generous. This is a huge topic. There's so much that we, um, there's so much to explore on this topic, um, but uh, our time is up for this conversation. I just want to give you an opportunity. What do you want to leave with the listeners as they're thinking about uh, this topic, this maybe some of the things that were brought up in this conversation that could feel uncomfortable or threatening um, or whatever it is, however you want to leave uh, this conversation for now, because we're going to have you on more, um, but uh, drive it home for us. And then uh, I know you have a couple of resource. We have a couple of resources as well that people can check out. I'll link them in the, in the show notes. Right. Well, so I think we opened up by saying that people tend to want to jump to well, who do I talk to? What type of investment? Um, let, let's cover that on our next segment because I think there's a lot there about the different types of capital, different types of investors. So what we're coming back to here is getting the foundation in place. And the foundation is really being very clear with yourself and with your team. What is it you're getting yourself into if you decide to take outside investment? Be really clear about that. Be really clear that now is the time because the longer you delay and the more value you build before you take outside investment, the, the more valuable the company is, the less of the company you need to sell, so therefore the less dilution you have. So the timing, both both the timing from a financial viewpoint, but also the timing with are you ready and is your team ready? And so, yeah, there's a couple of resources we can share um, and we're also happy to take a call. So great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much, Dan, Adrian, any, any final uh, comments? Not for me. I think Mark hit it right on the head for me. I, I, I would have said something in that domain. Yeah, I'll only just add uh, that, you know, this is, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if you're listening to this and you or someone close to you is is wondering about this, finding trustworthy people to wonder about it with uh, is is probably, is you might, might be step one. So, I mean, that this, we bring Mark into all these conversations with our founders we're working with just because he's, very articulate about it, very open about it. People feel great talking about sensitive issues um, because these are very sensitive. 
and people are attached to all these things necessarily, and they ought to be. Um, so finding trustworthy partners to explore it with that don't have an agenda except for to help the, the leader do what's right for them, their organization, their own legacy, all those questions. Um, you know, if, if you're listening and you think that might be you or you want to start a conversation, please don't have, hesitate to reach out to Mark, Mark at takenewground.com. And um, we'd love to entertain a conversation with you just to, to be there to support with you with zero agenda, just to support. Because we, we, love, we love great people that have great ideas um, and the courage to go make it happen. We love helping them win. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Mark. You're brilliant in this conversation. And uh, as always, really appreciate your time. So thanks again. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the Naked Leadership Podcast. Your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us. If this podcast or these conversations has helped or inspired you in any way, would you mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review? This helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams. Finally, the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life. Until next week, bye-bye everybody. Bye-bye.